Welcome everybody to our next episode of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. I'm here with my dear friends and colleagues, Cassandra Tyndall and Alicia Youssef, and we're going to tell you about the week starting January 21st, 2019. It is a very busy week astrologically, so I don't think we have any intentions of doing a deep dive on every single aspect this week, but we are going to do a quick run through of every aspect that's happening, and then we'll kind of pick and choose some of our faves that have caught our attention. Uh, do either of you gals want to do the run through? Just to push one of you or both sure, of you on the spot. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, okay. You so go, we're Cass. doing week, excuse me, week beginning the 21st. So yes. um, I've got the Aussie dates here. So the 21st is the full moon eclipse. Yeah, uh, that's eclipse. the same date in Canada and okay, the States. It's the same. Yep. 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 So we've got that uh, closing out the Leo Aquarius eclipses of the last uh, couple of years. Then the 22nd, um, I'm going to show my bias here, my personal favorite, Venus conjoined Jupiter in Sag. Um, and then we've also got Mercury conjunct the South Node then too. Um, then the 25th, 26th is uh, Mars trine Jupiter. Uh, is that everything or is there something two, else? I feel two like I'm more missing. to throw in. Yeah. Mars. Mercury. Oh, sorry. You go late. Oh, just Mercury into Aquarius on the 24th. I think that's 24. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 24. Time zones. Australia, yeah. Canada and the States. Um, and yeah. I would add in Mars square Saturn, which is also happening on Monday, the 21st. Oh yes, that's right. And the Venus square Neptune. Venus square Neptune yeah we're getting that Sunday the 20th in Canada and the States and Um, that'll be Monday the 21st if you're in Australia Uh, and Mercury will also sneak in a cheeky square to Uranus on Wednesday the 23rd just before it moves into Aquarius oh nice I like Mercury Uranus yeah and I think there's a last trine from Mars to Jupiter as well on the 25th on the on that Saturday is it 24th in it's uh Friday the 25th australia sorry canada and the states i think it's coming in on australia day the 26th it is uh, yeah saturday for everyone down under um 16 aries to 16 sag so there's a lot going on needless to say uh so i'm not even sure i mean my thoughts to kick us off yes we have a big eclipse uh but and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I always seem to sort of sometimes overlook eclipses. I don't know why. Uh, but well, we did a- spend all last episode talking about one. So That's true. That's true. Although this <laughs> eclipse in Leo, zero Leo, the moon's only a few degrees away from the north node, which is at the mm. um, end of Cancer. This is an eclipse that's got a very different feeling to it because it's pointing towards the north node. So it's a little bit more about progress around moving forward. It's less about the past and dealing with baggage, and it's more about, where are we going? How do we want to get activated? Mm. Uh, so I kind of, I'm, I feel like this eclipse has got a little bit more of an upbeat energy. There's definitely a drama quality. It's a, a full moon eclipsed in Leo. So the emotional dramas uh, could be fairly extreme. Uh, what do you guys think about this eclipse? Well, it is a full moon eclipse. So yes, I <laughs> definitely emotional dramas. I have to concur with you there, Kel. Um, although one thing is that I noticed is that it is um, conjunct Altair, isn't it? Or opposite yes, Altair. one of my favourite well, fixed stars. Yeah, so the, the, yeah. the degree of the eclipse is always the degree of the moon, which is on Altair at the eclipse, yeah. so early Aquarius. 
Yeah. So I feel oh, I beg your like pardon. it's opposite. Sorry, because the moon is in Leo. So Leo. It's, it's opposite. Yeah. So Altair. the sun, the sun's on Altair the sun's and on the moon's Altair. in Leo. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like there is that ability to disconnect from the emotional drama and kind of come from that higher place, that eagle's view and not be so caught up in things. Um, I mean, that's the beauty about any kind of full moon is there is that polarity of both sides that you can draw in, um, you know, it's about filling both buckets at this time and not just being in all the emotional Leo, needing to be centre of attention, needing to be focused on on the external, but more Aquarius, bringing yourself back to you know, what's important for me, what's important for being part of groups or, or being out in the world. Um, yeah, so rather than being ego-based, um, it's almost like that Altair Aquarius energy can help us transcend that ego stuff. So if there are triggers with this full moon eclipse where you're feeling like, I don't know, that stuff's about you, um, the stuff's about other people and it's it's all happening out there, then it's potentially about you and, and having a look in and seeing how you're playing that out into the world uh, and bringing it back internally, if that makes sense. What about you girls? Uh, well, yeah, I think definitely those points, um, I guess I'd really focused on the Leo part and some of the drama and potentially celebration, but, um, things coming out, things coming out of the woodwork, either things that had been overlooked in the past, uh, maybe some insight, but it's a tricky interplay on light with an eclipse where, are we seeing it? Are we not seeing it? Is it really there? So I think it's it'll be a really interesting time to pay attention to. Mm. What about you, Cass? Uh, for me personally, um, I guess I can't kind of separate the fact that this is the final eclipse in the Leo Aquarius series that we've had since um, May of 2017. So even though it is a North Node eclipse and it has this you know, pushing forward type of energy to it. It is kind of a, a closure um, and it might also bring back a little bit of theme or a little bit of a bite to the whole retrograde season that we had in the early fixed signs of 2018. So there might be just like that dramatic ending or that traumatic closure or perhaps finally closing down the chapter of what uh, say, for example, as a broad brushstroke from May to November of last year brought forward and then just kind of, okay, I'm done, I'm closed and I'm moving on because this energy won't be activated by eclipses again for another nine or so years. So mm. I really do like, um, I find this season of the, um, the cycles overlapping are always really interesting because you do get this um, – it's almost like this, uh, not quite sliding doors, but it's a little bit like, okay, I'm looking back and I'm looking forward at the same time. And I find that, um, you know, at least from my personal experience with eclipses is that the stuff that happens in the, in between cycles is definitely, um, that window or preview of what is happening leading into the cycle so this might be that final look back and reflection full moon um before okay i'm done with leo i'm done with aquarius i'm into cancer capricorn territory now so there is maybe that final look back that's how i'm taking it anyway 
I like that. Mm. I like that. Like reflecting on the last 18 months with the eclipses we've had in Leo Ooh. and Aquarius, just making yeah. sure everything about your Leo house and your Aquarius part of your chart are where they need because, to be based on what's been going on. Because when we were in the crossover with Virgo Pisces, we didn't have what we had this time. I, I could be wrong, but from memory, we don't have what we have this time where we have an insight of the new eclipse season before the old one closed out. Um, but I do remember that the full moon of August 2016, um, it wasn't it was same as what we're having this season where we have the full the lunation occurs outside of the signs of the nodes. So there is that interplay between the energy of the lunation and the energy of the nodes. So there is that entanglement of seasons. So there's that, that duality of looking back and looking forward. Mm. Yeah. Good point, Cass. And I think that's kind of exciting and juicy and I really do like it. So yeah. I'm really, you know, I guess my advice is really this eclipse is very much take down your notes, really think and feel about what's going on for you. And this will be your window into this eclipse more so than the one that we had um, the solar eclipse back on. Uh, when that was that the fifth, the sixth. So I think mm. this eclipse has got more to reveal than the one that we had earlier this month. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's congruent with um, like a lunar eclipse, I guess. Um, the thing that I always like get a little bit reflective around with lunar eclipses is usually a lunar eclipse is always a full moon. And usually at a full moon, we get the spotlight, we get new insight, but under a full moon eclipse, the moon's light gets blocked for a period of time. And it's almost like something we expect to be really obvious maybe isn't, or we're kind of drawn to go inwards and maybe deal with that inner light. Mm. Um, but it is, it's a really interesting interplay on what's light and what's dark, what's hidden, what's seen, what's, what, what can't be seen. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that, uh, that analogy of, well, it's not an analogy, it's, um, a physicality but the blockage of the light the analogy it's like it's a it's kind of the eclipse is backlit so it's yes. kind of like a you know it's a light that you've got to turn back on before you mm. can move forward with it um or it's like yeah. the shadow the shadow play you know the puppet play where you're not it's, it's behind a sheet it's you know so everything's not exactly clear except for the outline so you're just yeah. kind of getting the outline of things rather than the exact details um, and I think you know to your point Cass too is thinking back to that major eclipse that happened at the end of July the 27th of July you know this this will hark mm. you know some of the themes then will perhaps be wrapped up and you know <laughs> we're all nodding I think I look back myself <laughs> on that time and just think how much has happened and how much I've grown since then and I feel like mm. this is the same for everybody and absolutely what's possible for all of us in in the growth that's going to occur you know now in the next 18 months in this in these different signs a hundred percent. Yeah. Sorry. I think we could do like something. a one hour episode just on eclipses. For some I know. reason, we Again. really, <laughs> we really do get our teeth into it, don't we? We don't. Yeah. And I was actually like trying to go into my things that I'm really focused on this week, which is not the eclipse. I mean, eclipse <laughs> is obviously happening, but that was just a classic example of a 10 minute tangent. Um, but it obviously relevant to this week because this is a big week, starting with that eclipse in Leo. You know, but the start of this week has the Mars square Saturn, 
which is, I personally think that is our signature frustration aspect of mm-hmm. 2019. We're going to get three different iterations of typically sort of hard Mars Saturn aspects. This is our first one, but straight away the next day we get Venus conjunct Jupiter, which we actually also have twice this year. And that Venus Jupiter combinations are our positive kind of signature events for 2019. So in this 48 hour period at the start of the week, the 21st and 22nd, we're really getting a taste of some of the specific challenges for 2019, as well as some of the very unique and special opportunities. Uh, What are you guys thinking about those aspects or even just how quickly they're both happening this time around? It's very juxtaposition here um, and it's almost like a microcosm of the macrocosm of 2019 with the whole Jupiter-Saturn piece. So it's like, you know, we might have something really like uh, challenging or frustrating or something that uh, is inviting a compromise or an adjustment like I want to go this way but I'm being blocked here or, or what have you and then we've got you know you get that breakthrough maybe making that compromise or adjustment as the square kind of sometimes can suggest and then you can go into that you know Venus Neptune vibe where there's a oh sorry not the Venus Neptune sorry the Venus Jupiter vibe where there's just that okay we made the compromise and now everything's really really cool and you know really good or what have you Totally, totally. Leish, did you have any thoughts there? Well, I just think, you know, the, the Venus Jupiter vibe, especially, you know, that screams date night for me. Um, it's just a really nice time to be connecting with loved ones and to be opening up, expanding, having those lovely conversations. Um, and I feel as well that there's a potential for a bit of a spiritual bent with this. It's like these, the two benefics, yes, they've been in the same sign for a little while now, but you know, the actual meeting of them, the, the sweetness that Venus is going to bring to Jupiter's optimism and good luck, joy. It's like, you know, these two are out having fun, really engaging with things. And so whatever level you want to do that on um, is 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 good. And, you know, it's this can be adventures, you know, romantic adventures, um, being in Sagittarius and – or, you know, traveling, going, meeting people from other cultures and, and um, potentially falling in love with an exotic, handsome stranger. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, so for me personally, Venus, Jupiter is happening in my 10th house. So I'm hoping that I will not be falling in love with anyone because um, <laughs> that could be causing problems in my marriage. Um, and literally when this aspect is happening, I will be 35,000 feet in the air flying over the Pacific. Um, uh, traveling from Palm Springs down to Australia and part of that's work related for me and then part of it is fun because I've been in Palm Springs for work and I'm going to Sydney where I'll do some work but I'll also see friends and family Mm. and so I guess I'm thinking a lot about Venus Jupiter as an opportunity to bring a little more fun a little bit more adventure and a little bit more connection whether that's through supportive partnerships like for me I'm thinking supportive professional partnerships um, even doing groups group events with women who I love in my career which is obviously you gals and our Sydney event that's coming up 
practice the following week. Um, so I think with Venus Jupiter, if you know the Sag part of your chart, the Venus piece is just kind of a microcosm of the larger themes that you'll be working on this year. But mm. Venus Jupiter is like this cosmic kiss. It's like we're just bringing some really good opportunities or people or offers your way. And it's definitely, you know, say yes and go for it. Take that leap of faith, whether it's, you know, an invitation to dinner with an exotic stranger or whether it's an <laughs> opportunity to speak in front of an audience or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I'm obviously much more excited about that than I am about Mars Square Saturn. <laughs> so where's this where's this happening oh, of course the ninth house for you Lishi, hence your uh traveling and seeing exotic people yes, yes. yeah i was like that because i was like i'm thinking venus jupiter this is a very specific interpretation of somebody who might have <laughs> yeah. a venus ruled seventh house um like if you have a libra seventh house the venus jupiter conjunction is happening in your ninth house so you know, there's a very specific, you know, go on, go, go on a foreign holiday or an exotic holiday with a lover or meet a stranger on a holiday romance. Like this is taking me back to my horoscope writing days. Um, but yeah, if you don't have a Venus ruled seventh house, it's, I think it could be more than romance if mm. you like. Yeah. Um, well, for me, it occurs exactly plum on my descendant. Um, so I'll so keep we're all posted. expecting um, a very exciting <laughs> romantic experience with Cassandra. We shall report back later. <laughs> I, yeah, didn't say, I didn't say that... sexy experience. I said romantic experience. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. And you would get no comment over there. I love it. So, okay. And then Mars Saturn. I mean, I feel like we don't have to really, you know, probe here. Um well, no, I think it's just that we don't want to probe here. Yeah. It's just going to be so frustrating and impatient and just generally irritating and annoying. Um, yeah, it's – I think of the three Mars Saturn aspects we're going to have in 2019, this one – has both planets in a little bit of dignity. You know, Mars is in its home sign in Aries, Saturn in one of his home signs of Capricorn. They don't agree with each other, but they each have resources to offer and they're kind of being forced to work together. Um, and so there are some frustrations for sure, but I do think there can be some productive outcomes, uh, even if you've really got to, you know, struggle around the mountain to get there kind of thing. It's very much, you know, that mountain. It's it's like, you know, you take, if you can't get Muhammad to the mountain, then you take the mountain to Muhammad kind of energy. You know, yeah. there is that extra effort uh, that needs to go in. But yeah, absolutely. The, the productivity that can come with it is, is great, but it will require extra focus and extra discipline um, and a channeling of that Mars in Aries energy, which doesn't not only like to be channeled, um, you know, it's like Tigger likes to bounce all over the place, um, not necessarily just down one path. So yeah, that's, I think, you know, Miss Aries speaking here, uh, I don't necessarily love this kind of energy. So I think it's, yeah, it, it'll be frustrating, but if you can get it to work, definitely worthwhile. Um, well, speaking as somebody who has a Mars Saturn square natally and it's the tightest aspect in my chart, um, yeah, it's uh, a grinder. Even even though it's these are planets that have got some dignity with each other and fire is a lot um more exuberant than my own fixed square but um i definitely think yeah i love that uh, mountain muhammad analogy when it comes to that it's um 
I find the Mars satin square is very indicative of the ducking and the weaving. If there's something you want and you get a no, you just find another way to get it. Mm. Um, and that's how it works, um, you know, in my personal experience. So no is not a word I have in my vocabulary. And if I get told that, I just find uh, another way to go about it. So it's just channeling that Mars and just, you know, not even giving satin the time of day if there's something you really want. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, F you, satin. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to listen to you, right? So, um, yeah. So I think with uh, the fire element, uh, you know, Mars and Aries, uh, and then the cardinal, uh, the cardinal aspect, um, it's really got some dynamic. It's a bit more dynamite. So, yeah, um, really blasting, you know, horizontal drilling, whatever you want to call it, through that mountain to get what you need that week. So, um, and it might be some of the process or the work that you've got to do to get to that Jupiter Venus joy on the other side yeah and it does strike me that the Venus sorry the Mars Saturn aspect uh you know it feels I I had this personal experience in the last week where I wanted to do a thing Mars and I ran into this immovable wall of government scheduling that was like you absolutely cannot do that thing at that time and I was like you know, and I had my little internal temper tantrum where I was like, but I really want to, or I really, you know, that was my plan. And of course the larger thing to do with government setting dates and stuff, something to do with my husband's work, you know, it's important enough that I go that I've had to suck up buttercup my temper tantrum and rearrange the thing that I wanted to do. So in the end, I'm going to get both experiences, just not on the timeline that I wanted. And that to me feels a little bit like when you're trying to push, you know, if you're Mars and you're trying to push against the force of Saturn, you often do get knocked back. Um, Mars is not going to give up though. Mars in Aries is just going to be like, okay, fine. If I can't go that way, I'm going to go the other way. Just like you're saying, Cass, you know, Mars doesn't take no for an answer. Hmm. It's like, um, it's, you know, like in weapons handling, you get that kickback from the rifle. So you just have to take it from another, um, another angle or another position. Mm. So, um, yeah, there will well, be that. Reminds me. There will that push. There will be that pushback or that yeah. reverberation. Um, but again, Mars and Aries will just find another way. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, Leisha. <laughs> and I mean, um, yeah. So for me, like my square natally is in fixed signs. So you know, for me, I've just got that power to grind through. It's not so much the ducking and weaving a little bit. Um, it's just um head butting like i'm not backing down <laughs> yeah so yeah the analogy I've got coming to mind is, you know, that movie ages ago, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, where he came in Vaguely. all cocky, this American mm. who thought he knew everything and then ended up training with these Japanese mm. samurais. And they would just, he was a skilled warrior, but they kept kicking his butt, kicking his yeah. butt because they had this intense discipline and focus and a wisdom, a spiritual wisdom that they brought into it. And in the end, he had grown so much and did so much with it but he had to stop he had to listen and he had to be more disciplined and focused with what he was doing and it made him a a way more skilled thoughtful and actually cautious warrior than he had been before yeah a bit like a testosterone checker yeah 
Yep. Wow. And the, mm. the thing too with this week is we do have that sort of, I don't know whether it's a crash or slow or adjustment. I always think of adjustment for square aspects on Monday. But after that, we go, we roll straight into Venus conjunct Jupiter. And then at the end mm. of the week, we've got Mars trine Jupiter. So Mars yep. kind of spits straight out of the, you know, banging into the immovable force and into the welcoming arms of Jupiter by the end of the week. So there is quite a shift in the symbolism and the influences just from the start to the end of the week. Yeah. yeah. We go from actually putting some earth on the fire to actually adding a bit of fuel to it. You know, you may as well pour a bit of petrol on it and see what happens when, when that Jupiter trine Mars comes along. And I feel like it's going to give us a bit more indicators or, or a bit more oomph towards any of those Jupiter and Sag projects or ideas or, or things we're working towards uh, that may be happening at that time. So Mars just giving that dynamic push before it moves off. I think so. I think so. And just that feeling of, you know, by the end of the week, Mercury has moved out of Capricorn into Aquarius. So Mercury's taken on a maybe less melancholy quality towards the end of the week. And then Mars trines Jupiter. So, I mean, it's a holiday weekend in Australia. It's not uh, uh, in Canada and the States, but it definitely feels like there's maybe a bit more hope or optimism coming in or the ability to think things through. Mercury in Aquarius kind of brings that cool detachment, whereas mm. Mars in Jupiter is kind of that all fire, all passion. So they're a bit contrasting because Mars, Jupiter just wants to get things done, whereas Mercury in Aquarius wants to kind of maybe, um, you know, dig into the data or the info. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite, a, it's quite a week of real polarities, isn't it? You know, it's, that, it's like the full moon eclipse kind of starts it all off and we've got these really two different energies happening. Yeah, Casp, sorry, were you going to say something? But it's nice that we've got Jupiter as a bit more of a focus than Saturn. Yes. Like last Saturn's week. there, yes. but Jupiter takes the reins a little bit. So that's definitely, um, it's a yes week. I yes. love it. Yeah, and it's very different from last week, isn't it, where we've got the sun in Aquarius, Jupiter more in focus. We are coming out of, you know, if you like those dark days of early January with all the Saturn energy. We've got one final um, aspect to Saturn in Cap and then we get a little bit of a break. Yep. And here and in Australia. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love it. I was just, just going to say, here in Australia, it's, it's like – it's always the end of summer that that almost that Indian summer where things have you know you you can feel the crossover starting to happen as, as we're moving into that last month and and I can imagine in North America or you know the Northern Hemisphere it's the same it's that that depth of winter but you can feel in your bones that you know that the the spring is just around the corner and things are going to happen that's what I always love about the sun moving into Aquarius it's kind of that yep you know this is that that fixed energy of that time of that season that's here and it's like really getting into it and the you know the days are hot and long but already you know that they're getting shorter and you can feel it and it's the other side in the northern hemisphere you know suddenly the days are starting to lengthen yes it's cold but you can feel that it's happening you know that there's change on the horizon totally yeah it's well because the end of 
well, really early Feb is uh, the six-week marker from the previous solstice in December, mm. and that is one of the cross-quarter festivals in the pagan wheel of the year. I think in early February, like it's commonly called Groundhog Day, but it's really Imolk or Imbolc, which is when we do start to get that, you can. You, there is an obvious increase in length of daylight in Canada and the States, and in Australia we definitely notice slightly shorter days kicking in. So it is that feeling of like hope and moving forward um with that seasonal shift coming up uh yeah we'll, we'll even be getting into the chinese new year but that's not until the next new moon uh yeah. that the the way that chinese new year is calculated is it's the second new moon from the solstice the capricorn solstice which is why sometimes it's in late jan sometimes it's not till sort of mid-feb um but we, we're starting to get more of these seasonal celebrations coming in so there is that shift for sure Cass yeah <laughs> oh, did you, oh, sorry I thought you had more to say sorry no I mean I was just going to your face I'm always smiling um no it was just basically saying that um you know this week really does kind of give us that we're in the thick of the second half of the month, which has much nicer astro than the first half of January does. So it kind of, you know, we got that uh, last week's um, Venus-Mars trine, which kind of introduced us to the astrology of this week, which really starts to, you know, lighten up the Saturn a little bit. Completely, completely. And once we get through Monday sort of Monday, Tuesday, mm. I, you know, well, actually, let me rephrase. By the time we get to Thursday and Mercury changes signs and then we have the Mars-Jupiter aspect, it really feels like, I feel like what you guys are saying, I'm like totally on board with it. Like, yes, the end of the week, it's getting better and we get a bit of a break going forward from the heavy totally. stuff. And yeah. just on a, you know, a little bit more of a, you know, we've got the, as the week starts, well, at least in Australia, we've got the moon conjoined the North Node pretty much on the Monday morning. So it is a little bit more, I guess, indicative of the week starting, um, moving forward. A little bit kind of less Saturn heavy, less Saturn node heavy, and just that, got that you know, beautiful moon in Cancer conjoined the North Node. Just a little bit of a, a pushing forward feel to it. Yeah, totally. So anything we should mention? Um, I feel like it's been a few episodes since we've given a shout out to each of our own websites. I feel like um, we should probably do that as we're wrapping up today. Uh, it is just one more week until our Water Trio live event in Sydney for those of you who can get to Crow's Nest on Wednesday, January 30th. Uh, so if and you're around, an, yep. That is an evening event just to remind everyone. So no need to take time off work or do anything like that. It's um, pop along, grab a dinner and then come in and join us yeah. at 7.30. You can bring a drink or a cup of tea, whatever you prefer at that time of day. Uh, so that's great. And yeah, so websites, at least you're at futurefrequency.com.au. Uh, I am, yep. Any announcements from you? Just check out my website. I'm doing readings. Is that where you're at? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will have my next new moon gathering happening the week. The Yeah. It'll be a couple of weeks away. So um, at this stage, no, I don't have anything planned. Just uh, head down, bum up still trying to get Love that new it. website up. So, yeah. It takes time. It takes time. Yeah. And Cass, you're at CassandraTindall.com. 
Correct, yes. Uh, this week I'll just be in Canberra hanging out, getting work done, meeting up with some fellow Astros down there. So it's going to be awesome. Fantastic. So everybody's on the move this week, which is very appropriate given the shift in astrological energy. Yeah. Uh, I'll be heading down to, well, I'm going to land in Sydney midweek, but I'm actually taking off for Melbourne very shortly after. I'm going down to the tennis with a couple of friends and one of my sisters for a little bit of a birthday splurge. Uh, and so I'm actually having the week off, which is very exciting. I sort of feel like my Christmas holidays have just been a little bit delayed and I'm happy to have that. Uh, but kellysastrology.com where you can catch up with all my upcoming events. But I think that's it from us this week, gals. Is there yeah. nothing we're forgetting? I'm having so much fun. I feel like these episodes go so quickly. Um, <laughs> and it's amazing how we can, you know, a week that's at full of astro weather, we just go do, 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 and it's done. <laughs> I mean, of course, as you said, Cass, we could have spent an hour and a half talking about the eclipse, but we wanted to give you guys the highlights and let you go forward and, and play around with that. So let us know in the comments below uh, how the eclipse is for you. Do you find Mars Saturn is more intense for you this week or do you get a taste of the Venus Jupiter and the Mars Jupiter? We'd love to hear your experiences. So uh, that's it for now and we'll catch you all next week. Thank you. See you later. Thanks. Bye. See you at our Water Trio event. Okay, cool. Yay. <laughs>